50% of the time, it works every time. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I drink your milkshake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cinefleck. I'm your host, Ethan Colburn. Welcome back, and happy Groundhog Day. I am putting out our Groundhog Day episode on Groundhog Day, so I I hope you're having a great Groundhog Day, and I hope you don't live uh, that day for 10 years straight, because uh, we are not in the best of times right now. I had a great time chatting with Mason and Jake for... Um, this week's podcast they have their own show called keeping it real which i'm going on later to discuss napoleon dynamite we we recorded that recently and i will be promoting that on on social media when is appropriate uh when it comes out we um drank margs for this podcast which were fantastic i will also throw a recipe up on uh, social media for those. There's a fun story in the podcast about why we're drinking Margs because uh, it's a very different vibe from Groundhog Day, but, uh, we, 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 but we had a great time with it. So next week we're doing kind of a romantic double feature, uh, kicking off Monday with About Time, uh, the 2013 Richard Curtis film, and then uh, my Valentine's Day episode is coming out uh, Thursday, it's uh, Before Sunrise. So Before Sunrise is a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Um, they're actually both beautiful movies. So I really hope you enjoy that double feature. Kind of a romantic week on Cinefleck. And then Monday will be Moonlight. So I really hope you enjoy that series. Without further ado, let's throw you into this week's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, thank you guys for coming on to talk about Groundhog Day. Oh, thanks for having um, us. Yeah, thanks for having no, us. No, this is super fun. Um, so, has it like kind of your first time seeing this movie, or had you guys both both seen this prior? Was there something where like one of you hadn't seen it or something? Am I, I don't think this right? Either of us saw it. I've seen it once before, oh. but it was it was okay. a long, long time ago. Like I did, I I remembered the premise, but I didn't remember any of the details of what happened. Okay, and 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 this, and this is your first time, Mason. I mean, does Edge of Tomorrow count? Because I've seen that one like seven <laughs> times, and it's like the yeah. same premise of the movie. I mean, like kind of, like like I think I think the thing that we have to get into eventually. There's so many spinoffs of this movie. There's so many like wannabe Groundhog Days, yeah. and everyone's like, oh, but you're just trying to do that movie over again. But this movie pioneered that whole concept. Yeah, we talked about it when we did Alien that we could see why it was a classic and what so many movies borrowed from it, but we've felt like we've seen it before. Mm-hmm. But I feel like totally. Bill Murray is just his own guy. We're like, even if you have seen this one, Bill Murray's just such a lovable dick, which I don't know if that's possible. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know how many I, people yeah. could pull that off. And I was just like, this is why it's a classic. He's just going full asshole the whole time. And you're like cheering for him to not be an yeah. asshole. <laughs> I was like, that's a weird. No, feeling. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I totally need to talk to you. Like, I totally need to talk to you guys about this because like him in the beginning, he's so, he's so sort of like self-centered and so into himself. And it's so, um, 
it's so funny to watch because like I love when he refers to himself as the talent and they're like, Oh, is this dude like seriously <laughs> referring to himself as the talent? Um, I think my favorite like quote of him early on was um I'm a celebrity in an emergency. Like Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, Do you guys have lines reserved for celebrities? Like, um do you guys have lines reserved for emergencies? <laughs> My my favorite's when so like the lady actually like does small talk, talk about the weather, and then he like goes yeah. into like the cloud patterns and oh, what's yeah. gonna happen. The clouds I, will push to the east. Yeah. I was like, wow, that is the biggest f you. I'm leaving. Like, stop talking to me, lady. I think I've ever seen in my life. Well, uh, I think he was being serious in that because at the end he's like, you didn't actually want to talk about the weather, did you? You just wanted. That's to what I was confused by, Jake, because I thought he was just effing with her. Yeah, I thought he was sarcastic. just like. I thought he was just being sarcastic, and then he was like, oh, you don't actually want to talk about the weather. I was like, is this actually how he communicates? Like, yeah. does he communicate through miming weather, weather patterns? So I, I was I also confused by that. if he just, like, kind of went into work mode and just, like, someone asked about the weather, all of a sudden I'm, I'm doing the weather for the news. Like, I think that's probably what He just, like, flips into happened. that mode, and all of a sudden... That's I just how he's talking. You guys are Mason. so much nicer to him about it. I was like, he's just being a dick. He's like, no, well, no, that's I, what I, I thought, thought at first. <laughs> I thought he was being a dick, but then, but then the follow-up line of like, of like, of like, oh, you didn't actually want to talk about the weather. You just wanted to make small talk. Yeah. And she's like, oh, and then he seems caught off guard. It made me think that like he was trying to make conversation and actually is just really bad at talking yeah. to people. <laughs> I think it could be, I think it could be both. Like, I think he's totally. trying to be an ass, but at the same time, like, he could actually hold a conversation with someone. It was totally. Like, like I was before we started, I told you I was working at a lumber mill, and if I was, like, went into full detail about what wood I'm cutting at my day, and you're just staring <laughs> at me like, oh, I didn't know there was different types of wood, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> like, if I actually yeah, was true. passionate about it, I'd be like, oh, that's a big deal, but, like, I, I don't care, so... <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of what I took it as is he's just being an asshole <laughs> just like stop talking yeah, yeah. to me lady like this is the same thing I do at the grocery store but in a nicer way where like someone's like are you okay I was like yes I'm fine leave me alone I'm trying to get my chicken and leave please please stop talking to me I need my teriyaki sauce um, <laughs> don't we all <laughs> no, only so, to Toshiba's <laughs> yeah exactly so so Mason yeah. so like I mean I feel like this movie is so much like a part of my like childhood, my upbringing. So like what for, I mean, I feel like this movie is so commonly like referenced and like we were talking about with like edge of tomorrow, like this concept's been done up. What, what to you was like what you expected and what to you was like kind of shocked you with, with this, this watch of it. It is so deep. And like, yes, yes. I wanted to talk to you guys about this. We, totally. I went and did like research afterwards. Cause I like to find facts and everything. And then realizing, like, how many religions, like, relate this to, like, their own version of the Bible. How, like, 100%, this is Buddhist yeah. and, like, saying he's living 10,000 years or lifetimes. I was like, okay, I didn't go that deep the first time I watched it. I was just yeah. like, this would suck. Um, but, like, going back and thinking about it, it really is, like, he's basically stuck in purgatory until he becomes a better person. And I was yeah. like, God, man, now I just want to watch this movie to, like, go deep with it. Which is kind of like something I'm really into is random emotional things that don't need to be in a, in a situation and to be way deeper. And totally. It really was because I remember me and Jake watched it together. Like we jumped on Zoom. We started watching it. And then the old guy dies and then goes into the whole suicide scene. And we're just like, 
wow, this went from being funny to like real dark, real yeah. quick. <laughs> okay, so so it might be like how fucked up I am, but like to me, the suicide scene is like the funniest scene in the movie. That might be like my <laughs> own problem. We did chuckle at the toaster. No, he, he did make some of it a little. Funny. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I just I just want to like yeah. <laughs> I just want to like full disclosure there. We I think they the they had to make some attempt at comedy with that because otherwise it just would have been like a complete U turn. Like we're just going to some real dark stuff in this movie totally. that we were expecting to be laughing the whole time. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things you probably shouldn't laugh at that I laughed at very hard in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's re- it's really dark. I mean, the yeah. thing is, like, yeah, you're expecting, like, a Bill Murray comedy. Like, you know, it's not like, it's it's no, like, Caddyshack. It's not like, it's not like puns left and right. But, like, it's got its jokes. And then I think for me, like, yeah, I, I totally had that experience with this where I think, I think, like, this time I was... I'm I'm sort of accustomed to the, the the like Ned Ryerson joke and like the like recurring day joke like all these all these jokes that come up I'm more accustomed to and so then I'm like looking at the deeper meaning and I'm like wow like we're all living the same day over and over like in quarantine and like <laughs> this is an allegory for our lives and it's about how to like live your life and and, and enjoy life in a in 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 like a mundane cycle which is which is such which is like not an experience i've had with this movie before it might yeah, it might say more it, again it might say more about my mental state than anything <laughs> but like no i was having like a really profound experience with this movie and it's it's like way deeper than you expect it to be yeah that was i noticed that I watched Palm Springs when it came out on Hulu yeah. earlier yeah, and yeah. i was like okay it's going to be the same thing but Palm Springs as much as I liked Palm Springs, I understand why this one has lasted now 27 years and it's still people go to, back to talking about it because it is a real whole character arc where he sucks and he's like, I'm going to take advantage of all these days. And he's just doing everything to like get women and like still rob a bank and just do every horrible thing that every person's thinking of. Like, oh, no consequences. I'm going to do the exact same thing. And then realizing at some point like you got to better yourself you got to find something positive to do and just that turn because i know when me and jake watched it we're like wow he went to suicide really fast <laughs> and then yeah we were and then we realized like doing the research it's like he's there for 40 years or something like that by the end of it is what they were saying and i've was, read i've read it's between like 8 and 25 i haven't heard 40 but it's, it's 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 the same idea of like it's it's like might be like it's it's between a decade and a few decades so I I mean, 40 years the high end of that yeah yeah so i was like 15 years into doing the same thing over and over again i totally get why you drop a toaster into a bathtub yeah uh, that being said it was just when we started doing the podcast we i started watching movies a little differently and mm-hmm. s- sitting back and thinking about this and just having to go deep with it, I just loved everything. Because, like, Bill totally. Murray, this is kind of his first, like, foray into before he does Lost in Translation, Rushmore, and all those mo- where he starts to get serious. And, like, I think it's a really good point. Totally. Like, uh, this yeah. is his turn from, oh, I'm just a SNL actor to, oh, I'm actually an actor. Come watch me. And I think that. The whole suicide scene and like his look, he looks miserable. I also know Bill Murray was going through like a lot of stuff personally. Yeah, he was going through a divorce at the time, yeah. So he looked miserable and probably was miserable. And then thinking about filming the same thing every day for however long filming this was, 
would also suck. <laughs> like I was That's listening to other, other people talk about that of how hard the filming was and like it was, <laughs> interviews are like it was brutal. And I was like, I never even <laughs> thought of that. Like three months of doing the same thing, wearing the same clothes, saying the same lines. The only person who changes anything is Bill Murray. It's like God, that would suck. Like yeah, three months of like Ned. Yeah, like <laughs> Ned Ryerson. You're like you'd actually want to punch the guy. Yeah, like, I wanted yeah. to punch him like two minutes into it. But that's <laughs> that's because of Silicon Valley and his stupid box that he wanted to build. I don't know if you ever watched. Oh Silicon yeah, Valley. yeah, yeah. I forgot he's the boss. He's, he's the like he's the, like new CEO yeah, and Jack yeah. Barker or whatever. Me and oh, that's hilarious. We just no, started... he's so he's so good in that show. Yeah, we, we just started. That's the dude with the box from Silicon Valley. <laughs> I forgot about this whole box thing. That's so funny. Yeah, it was that. Um, Jake, any thoughts on like how 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 like how like deep this this movie actually is? Yeah, I mean that. I didn't really realize how long it was supposed to be until you guys just brought that up. I mean, obviously, it, it's yeah, a lot totally. of repetition of the same thing over and over. But I don't think it really clicked that it was meant to be like decades of living the same day over and over. Well, I mean, you have to think about like how long it takes someone to like get great at jazz piano and that's ice a sculpt. good point. Like that's kind of I feel like that's mostly what people are basing this off of is like how long those things take, that's and a good those point. things take yeah. a long. Even if you're practicing every day, even if you're like coming to the piano teacher every day, it still takes a long time to really get those things down. Right. If you had an infinite amount of time to better yourself at one thing, I don't think I. Jazz piano and ice sculpting would be the number one and two things on my list of like I'm gonna become great at these two things. This is a very good point. But. No, this is this is a really good point. I I think I think um I think piano might be there, but I think ice sculpting would be very low on my list. Think about think about the day that he's living over and over though. I was gonna he's say going I was gonna say you do have to think about like, like what's going on in Puxatani. Yeah, not just in Puxatani, but in Puxatani on February second. Like there's that festival where there's a big ice sculpting competition or display or I don't know exactly what was going on, but there was a lot of ice sculptures going around. So that's a big deal. And then there's that nice little concert thing that he could just jump into. There might not have been much else to do. That's true. That's true. I mean, you have to think about like what's important in his world. And he's in this very insulated bubble of like what's happening in that town on that day. The one, okay. Uh, before we get into like, drafting and like our favorite things about the movie the one thing that's always bothered me about this movie is is it doesn't seem like he tried that hard to actually leave the town like he's yeah he's tried leaving the town around like 1 p.m where like he 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 like he like he hangs out he does his report has lunch and then leaves but like what if he tries earlier like what if he tries before there's a traffic jam before the blizzard starts is there a way to get out of town? Is there a way to like get to other places? You can't Probably. tell me someone in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, doesn't have like a four wheel drive truck or like a snowmobile. He could just steal, exactly, and just take off also, in the middle of the forest. I feel like I feel like he'd try a little harder to get out of town, especially like early on. That was the one part that I found like I found a little suspicious. Or even during the the suicide phase that he went through, where the, the totally. he, he tries to go through, and the state trooper says, "You either go back or you go that way, and you die." He's already killing himself a bunch of times. Why not go that way and see what happens? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So it's like, it's like, <clears throat> I feel like there was a way, like, okay, so if, if we're talking about Palm Springs, like, they very much established that where she drives back home to Texas, she's exhausted, she falls asleep and wakes up in the same place. I feel like they, they could have had some event like that where yeah. he somehow wakes up in the same place, but 
Yeah, I, f- I feel like that was the one thing that I found a little plot holy. I feel like it's such a tight movie, though, that you can't throw that in there. Be- it is very tight. Because, like, I don't... It's one of those few times where, like, the run of this time of this movie, it's only, like, an hour, 40 minutes, is perfect. I don't need any totally. more. I don't need any less. Like, we just assume... we Here, he's poisoned himself, can shot, stabbed, all these other things. I just assume that he's tried everything, and he's just stuck. He just because he yeah. lists off everything that has happened to him, every way he's died. It's like okay, we're yeah, now wonder, to the assumption that he's done everything. I wonder how many other ideas they came up with and maybe even filmed, and then just decided too long. Well, I know like a there. few. Like I know. Well, like I know for instance that um, that the screenwriter initially wanted to jump straight to him in the time loop, and you as the audience are like wondering how he knows all these characters mm. and how he knows everything. Um, and then, and then you, you like slowly realize he's been in this time loop for such a long time. But then I think like some of my favorite scenes in the movie are like him discovering he's in the time loop. So I'm really, I'm glad that they didn't choose to keep that. I also know that they, that they chose not to explore the darker side of like, oh, you can murder people and torture people and get away with it. Like the screen artist specifically chose to like not explore those ideas. So I don't know. What happens if he's still in the time loop but everyone else is still around like all those people he's just scarred jumping off a building and he wakes up the next day perfectly fine but his dead body is just laying on the down ground just i that was one of the things we talked about was like how many people did he scar with even though his loop's still going like their lives are still continuing like this is a good point this is a good point i've thought about this too of like of like is are these people's lives continuing on like is he is he scarring people's like is is he jumping into sort of alternate realities yeah. where these people's lives are then continuing on and he's just like he's just like this total asshole that's 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 destroying their lives. So I I don't it's never really answered. No. I mean a lot of a lot of like the mystique of this movie is never really answered, which is why I think so many religions interpret it different ways cuz there's nothing in this movie that answers the questions of why this is happening or why it stopped really, which I think is what makes it so interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is kind of vague, but um, I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of the idea is just do, I guess maybe do your best to be the best you can and <laughs> go from I, there. I kind of like totally. that because we just watched Transformers and we laughed at how much it- <laughs> How much it beat us over the head with how stupid we were as an audience that they had to tell us everything. And this is has was the complete opposite viewing where yeah. it's like, hey, we're not gonna tell you anything, figure it out. And you and can I, figure it out or guess or whatever the heck you want to do. I feel like that's why it's so great, is cause we all have a different opinion of what's going on. Like I personally like to think that he just scarred everyone and now people have to go pay therapists forever and that guy in Punxsutawney who helped him that one day was like, like oh, who the hell was that weatherman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now he just has a bunch of clients coming in. It's like, hey, the weatherman helped me, scarred a bunch of people, but hey, I'm getting rich off of it. So I just like to think of that. Or he scared those drunk guys in the bar to never drink and drive again as he's, totally. driving, as he's driving down the train tracks. And then, like, is his body still there the next day in the jail? Does he, like, disappear? Like, or, like, what happens to his lives where, I mean, in the stories that he actually yeah. lives, you know what I mean? Like, does he then wake up the next day and he's just not aware of it? Like, what, what happens when when he goes on 
a date with his producer and she slaps him like what happens to him then the next day or yeah that's whatever. a good point so, like the fourth four thousandth alternate timeline that he's created he so just wakes funny. up the next day and he's really has still been an asshole the whole time <laughs> were you so guys, funny were yeah. you guys buying that they were a couple like i never i never felt like they actually would work like that's see, a my, good question. my issue with that is he's gone through however many years of like you know essentially building a relationship with this woman and improving himself but from her perspective yesterday he was this pompous asshole who she wanted nothing to do with and now all of a sudden today he's like this completely different person how, how is she just like flipping that switch like that i think that's a good question like to me i think and especially in that last day, that last day that we see of his, right. he's he's proven himself to be like so good and so amazing to all the people in the town that she's like so blown away by like, oh, wow, did I just not know this guy? Was he, you know, a different person? Like, I think I I kind of started to buy it near the end. And I think and I think that just because of the amount that he's willing to sort of redeem himself in a day, um, I think it's both like inspiring. I think we don't like talk about that a lot of like, you know, if you're an asshole, like you can just, you can, you, you can start being a great person and people start to appreciate you. That's true. But also like, but also like, I think, I, I think he did so much in that day. And again, like there were so many people coming up to him, like you saved my husband right. life, husband's life. You saved my son's life. You bought life insurance for me or whatever. <laughs> but um, like that, that, that he does sort of start to overturn his reputation. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it's just so extraordinarily good in that one. It was so extraordinary. And also just like see him, seeing him play jazz piano. Yeah, that, that too, actually. I think that's why he got out of purgatory. They're like, Oh my God, he's the lightweight Charles. Like, let's just let him in. Like he's good to go. Because like, I mean, the old ladies who think their car is total, like, okay, you fix an old lady's tire. I'm not the nicest person in the world, but if I saw a bunch of old ladies trying to fix a tire, I don't know how to change a tire, but I'm pretty sure I'd go over there and be like, hey, let me help you. Um, yeah. If I totally. saw a kid falling out of a tree, like I would attempt to catch them. I don't know if I'd get there in time, but like there's just a – it wasn't like he was going out of his way extraordinary things. It was just kind of like a, oh, he's trying is more of what that, I got it as. And I, then he, I, I – sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're good. I was just – and then like the reason Rita – like actually likes like it gets out of it is he's not trying to get Rita to sleep with him he's just like hey just you're just noticed me now as being a good person because we don't know how long she bought him at the auction or how many times that exchange happens but it went from I'm trying to sleep with you and I'm gonna learn French poetry and all this other BS to oh I'm just gonna go be myself and show you all the cool new tricks I've learned rather than be like Oh yeah, look at me. I'm super intelligent. Come sleep with me. That's and, a good point. He was actually being genuine finally. Yeah, like the the last thing they do is they're throwing <laughs> cards in a hat. That was like the totally. last thing and then they wake up in bed. And like there was no like I guess you could say there's sexual tension, but there was no wondering if they were going to sleep together. It was a very platonic not platonic, but it was an emotional relationship rather than a physical relationship and I think that totally. was the reason of it is he needed to bond with people emotionally rather than only using them from what they could bring him. And like, I love, I love that sort of like trajectory that he goes down of like, of like, of like, he's a total asshole. 
he, he realizes he's in this time loop with no consequences. So he's like, I'm just going to be more of an asshole. This will be great. This is going to make me so happy to be a total asshole to people with no consequences. And then he's like, this sucks. I'm going to kill myself. And then slowly coming out of that depression to be like, to be like, wow, it actually feels good to, to, um, to be nice to people. I mean, like it's, I like realize this watch like it's it's up there with some of these classics like it's a wonderful life or some of these just like all-time feel-good classics of just like it's it's just straight up an example of how to live your life and how to like be nice to people and be a member of society and also yeah like I said I mean be like live in quarantine and live live I mean we're all kind of living the same day over and over again right now and how to sort of find the joy in that like I found that re- like oddly inspiring. Yeah, I just yeah, feel that's like an he interesting went... parallel to draw. I just feel like I wouldn't go to suicide first. I feel like I'd go to being a nice guy, and then when that didn't work, <laughs> I'd go to suicide after that. <laughs> I just, I just don't know if I'd go to like that... let's rob a bank. Oh, I'm not going to kill myself. Oh, let's try that... being a nice person. <laughs> Mason, that would be a very different movie if it just like if he's just like oh being a nice guy does not work. <laughs> Like the movie ends with him killing himself. It'd Very be, different movie. It'd be Manchester by the Sea where you're just heartbroken yeah, exactly. by the end of it. You, you just want to crawl back in bed and start your day over. <laughs> totally. Oh. oh god, that's pretty funny. But yeah, no, that's. I think that's what when we said it, it was like, wow, he went to this place fast, and I guess that just is a good thing for me as being an optimistic person. It was like, I feel like the first thing I would do is just try to be genuinely nicer to people and be like, hey, maybe I just suck. So let's just not suck for like. 20 minutes and see if that helps though though this guy like really sucked and i mean mason i haven't known you that long but you seem like a you seem like a good guy and like i think (laughs) 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 and i think and i think like phil connors is like you 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 don't get that long with like pre-time loop film like like phil connors but he is a massive asshole i feel like i'd be friends with so I feel like Jake could attest to that. I feel like I'd Jake? get along with this guy. <laughs> you really think so? You think you'd yeah. also be friends with him? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I could. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. I think, uh, you know, for him, he was so just like such a <laughs> me- like mean, bad dude that just offing himself is a lot easier than actually trying to become a better person. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that's um, probably why I went to that first. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, you're making good points, Mason. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit here. I never. No, do. Mason, you're uh, making you're <laughs> making great points as well. Um, I don't like like I, I didn't realize we've been talking for the, this long. How you want to jump into the draft? Let's um, it's, do it. It's, it seems like it seems like you guys have thought through thought thought through points here. Um, oh. Mason, Jake, who 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 do you want to go first? I I usually don't have two guests on here, so. There's less um, less competition. I can go first because I have like a lot of logical answers that have nothing to do with the movie, just things I noticed in the movie. I was like, I want, I would draft that, and I okay. just take <laughs> it into my own life. So the Lovely. first one is being able to sleep so perfectly in your bed. I feel like that's the first thing I said when we were watching this. I was like, look how <laughs> look how still he is in bed. He looks like a dead body. Like he's just his head. The bed's perfectly made. You know how wonderful that would be to wake up like that every morning and then be like, oh, cool. I'm yeah. running behind. I can just fold this sheet over. Bed's made and go. And you're like. Oh, yeah. I always have like a leg out or uh, like 
The sheets are pulled to the side. This is a very, it's an odd first draft pick, but it's a very interesting, and I, I can't, I can't, I can't say I disagree with draft pick. But yeah, no, that's just, I just noticed it, and I was like, man, that's awesome, because I hate making my bed, and I feel like everyone totally. else agrees, where like, depending on how rough of a night it was in my bed, if it looked like I got in a boxing match, I'm just going to leave it, and just like, I'll fix it later. But, like, but this is also part of the advantage of like hotel room sheets where they like really tuck it into the sides where it's like it's <laughs> oh. harder to pull out. You know what I mean? Even that, it's like weighted blankets wouldn't do anything. I would just throw that thing against the wall and be like, all right, cool, I'm done. So like I was just so jealous that he's like perfectly on his back. Like it looked like he had the most sound night of sleep ever. And I was like, ah, that just looks nice. And people need that more. So See, that's that my drives first me crazy. I could never sleep in that. The first thing I do when I get out of bed is untuck the sheets. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, I have my dog and he's like a 90 pound lab and he basically is like that sheet laying on top of yeah. me all the time. <laughs> so like when I sleep good, it's normally he's like right on top of me and I, there's nothing I can do about it. So I was like, all right, that's kind of nice. And I don't have to have extra body heat on me. Yeah, I'm all for it. So that was it. That was my yeah, first Yeah, like draft. I totally <laughs> think that makes sense. And like, I think I, th- I, I, I <laughs> and like, I think that also reminds me, like I, w- I was I was thinking about like during this movie, what if the night before your time loop, you got a bad night of sleep and just every morning in the time loop, you're make you're waking up with like not enough sleep. It's it, it would be nice to be stuck in a time loop and not have to deal with like hangovers and be able to stay up all night and be rested. But like, what if you, what if you weren't, what if you didn't sleep well that first night? That's a real, that we brought that up too when we were watching it. Like <laughs> okay. that night when he like stayed up till like three a.m. and then fell asleep. Like, does he just yeah. go back to the way he was, or does he have to function that next time? No, no, like I think I, th- I'd like to think that he wakes up in the state he was in the morning. So, like, if you slept well, it would be a nice state. But if I mean, he did have his alarm set for six a.m., which is kind of brutal. Yeah. Though, though Mason, though it's not, it's not too brutal relative to your work start time, I suppose, Mason. That's that's not by choice. Um, <laughs> if I had a chance, it'd be ten thirty every day, and I wouldn't question it. <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah, I guess I don't know. People are weird, and I know a lot of people that just happily wake up at five o'clock on Saturday morning. I was like, oh, I slept great. Went to bed at ten. Woke up at five. Let's get the day going. So not about it. He, he might be one of those weird people that have a life and want to get up early and start their day. I'm not one of them. So that part I wasn't a fan of. I was just a fan of his bed perfectly being made because I'm lazy and don't want to make my bed. Totally fair. <laughs> totally fair. Jake, uh, what would be like your draft pick here? My, my first draft pick, I'll go with the... It was kind of predictable, I thought. But also, for some reason, it made me laugh kind of hard when it happened. <laughs> It was kind of early on, uh, one of the first few times that he was starting to go through this infinite day, and yeah. uh, it was the first time he finally caught on to the fact that that icy two-foot-deep pothole was right off the curb, and he oh. finally avoided it for the first time. I was waiting for it to happen. I thought it was going to happen earlier, but eventually he finally figured it out and just steps back right before going in and watches some other dude just step right in that pothole. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> you did. It is super satisfying. Yeah, it's like finally he's figuring it out. Like, stop being so flustered by this infinite day. You're obviously going to keep waking up in this day. Get over it. And pay attention to this pothole that you keep stepping in. You did maybe, laugh Maybe out it's just loud. because that was like the first thing that he showed he was finally learning from, from having to go through the same thing over and over. 
Well, it was a great like small way to to demonstrate that like he was he was going to start to improve right on this bad day of his right because like okay so I mean like let let's just say tomorrow morning you wake up and you you ended up in 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 in, in like a time loop and you had to like do like your morning in this podcast over again and everything um like like I think I think th- I I. I I, I do think it was pretty realistic in that, like, the second day, you'd just be like, I think this was just, like, yeah. a fluke. I think there's something wrong with me, and I think I'll just wake up tomorrow, and this will be over. And then the third day, things really start to set in, right? I mean, is, isn't that kind of how you think it would go? No, I agree 100%, but I, I, I thought it took him longer than that. I thought it, it took might, him, like, it been like, five the days of stepping in it or something, yeah. I, Ned, maybe I'm like wrong. Maybe it was sooner, but Ned Ryerson would have been sure. punched way sooner. <laughs> You're right. Maybe maybe he just couldn't get over the fact that Ned just really flustered him right before that. He couldn't. Good really point. Good point. Um. So, what are your thoughts? So, so, like, what are y'all's thoughts on like Ned Ryerson in general? We haven't really uh, <laughs> broken down Ned Ryerson, other than the fact that he's in Silicon Valley. Um, he's a character. He's he seems super friendly, but yeah, also a little bit, a little bit too. I don't know. I don't know another word other than just kind of annoying. <laughs> he sucks. A little bit too out there. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. He sucks. He yeah, seems, no, he's all, yeah. Maybe he's not that friendly because he really like, just approached this dude to try and sell him insurance. So Yeah, that and then like... <laughs> That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't really trying to be friendly. We all have that one guy in our hometown. You're like, why are you talking to me still? Like, I haven't talked to you in 15 years. Leave me alone. We're not friends. And that's how I, I got from it. I immediately was like, dude, you're bugging me. Leave me alone. This is like... Go back to the grocery store. My grocery store clerk who checks me out. I don't want to have a conversation with you every day. I don't want to hear about your life. This is kind of what Ned Ryerson's coming up for. And I know that's Mason, a horrible... Mason, like you're making... No, I mean, you're making me so self-conscious right now because I'm like, oh, I should say hi to this guy. And then I'm See, like, oh, no, they'll think I'm an asshole. And like now now you're like making, now you're making me feel like, oh, like, yeah, I definitely shouldn't say hi to this guy right now. Well, like, well, I'm good with hi. I'm good with hello. I'm good with how's your day? Oh, good. I'm good with small talk. I don't want to hear about how your house plants have died and you're trying to bring them back to life, which is a conversation I had with my one of my uh, store clerks. I was like, I don't. I was have about house to say plants. this is very, this sounds very personal. Yeah, I don't. It's too personal. Yeah, he's, he's working through something right now. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> don't take offense. <laughs> I've been living in a groundhog's day, and I keep having that same conversation it about seems plants. Like it. It oh, seems man. like it. No, there's just that That's brutal. Or like. One guy at my like little grocery store down the street from me, he just talks to me about politics. I'm not a political person. Like I don't care. And he'll come up and start telling me stuff that I don't agree with or care about. And I'm just like, dude, I don't want to have this conversation with you every time I walk in here. <laughs> and that's kind of what I feel like Ned Ryerson is. Like, <laughs> Ned Ryerson is definitely – yeah. Yeah, I mean he, he, he's the embodiment of that. But in some ways it's like – it's – it's like even more of an accomplishment that he learns to love Ned Ryerson at the end and like buy his insurance because he's so sick of like living through this time that he's decided to even be nice to like Ned Ryerson. I'm full of shit. Like I'm going to have a conversation with the person. I'm just dreading the fact that I have to have that conversation with the person, but I'm not going to be rude and be like, Oh my God, Ned, like he does and just hugs him and like tells him to leave. (laughs) And like, what are you doing? I think you need to cancel all your plans. 
I love I love the scene where he finally like scares off Ned Larson oh. by being that scene's that scene's brilliant. It's to a me. great. Scene, it's a great. Oh, Ned yeah. is Ned like comes up to him like in the first like five times they meet way over friendly and then and then he finally just like hugs him. He's like, "It's so good to see you." And then Ned's like, "Okay, like, bye." Like it's it's so it's so brilliant to like finally scare off the guy that's over friendly by like being way too friendly. I think that's it. He's overly friendly. He's like fake yeah. friendly. If he would have been like he's a little fake friendly. Hey, are you Phil Connors? And then I'd have been like, okay, I can have that conversation. Phil, Phil yeah. Connors. Like, <laughs> you're not running across the street to see someone. That's just not a thing people do. Even in a small town, you're not like, oh my god, I know you. And see, I, I, it is a I bit annoying. Really, do you think he wasn't being friendly? Is the issue. Like he yeah. was just trying point. to be a salesman. He was just trying to sell insurance to make some money think, off this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you make a good point. It's like it's like if you're yeah. I mean, if you have like a quota or something, you're trying. Yeah. To if that was time. genuine, then yeah, fine. He's just a little annoying, but I He's really don't weirdo. think it was. So I think I think my next draft pick here, in terms of just like what's aged the best about this movie, is the concept. I, I, I'm not sure if that's like too general, but it, it's. I mean, it's it's been done so many times that like, that like Edge of Tomorrow, people are like, oh, it's 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 like Groundhog Day, but with like Tom Cruise, or like, oh, it's like Groundhog Day, but with Andy Samberg, or like, oh, it's 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 Groundhog Day with this. I mean, I mean, this this concept is it's almost a concept that like I wish people wouldn't be afraid to try to remake more often because like i i i liked palm springs i liked edge of tomorrow but i mean um yeah like i i I, like tend to enjoy when people remake it but just in terms of just being the first it still really does it better than the best i think the one thing that i noticed this time especially was um it doesn't seem to build up these like key moments as much like 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 the moment it cuts back to like him waking up in the second day, like you're almost living the monotony with him. It's, it's, it's just like, Oh, and then like cut to the alarm clock again. And like the camera work doesn't build up to these large moments. If that makes sense. I just think like the directing and the concept work really well in here. Yeah, it's kind of like Die Hard, where it's, it's became mm-hmm. its own genre of movie. Like that's a good point. When you mm-hmm. just describe it, it's like, Oh, it's groundhog's day but with aliens and you're like, okay. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, that's how, you know, it's like we did, when we, cause we, you did die hard and we also did die hard since we got together. I yeah. mentioned like four movies. It's literally die, like die hard is its own thing. Like we have Olympus has fallen is die hard in the white house. Like it's not die hard, but it's a close second. And I think like all these are a good close second to the actual one. And now totally. seeing the classic, you're like, Oh, this is why. It's the classic. It's the one that just sits above the rest. It's because it's so subtle with so many things it does. And then at the same time, the Sonny and Cher song, by the 17th time you hear it throughout the movie, you're like, I want to also break this alarm clock. Yeah, Shut just throw up. it out the window. Yeah. I, I like actually made that my alarm for like a number of years, actually. It was pretty funny. I, I like I like literally bought that on iTunes so I could make up my alarm. And, and like it it became kind of funny like because every time i got pissed at it i'd be like ah because it's like groundhog day it's funny like i i it like made me more aware of humor in the morning which was which was nice that's, that's interesting mine sounds like someone's flatlining in a hospital that's my alarm clock but you know 
Maybe um, is it like an iPhone alarm? Which one is it? Is it oh, the bah, bah, yeah. bah, Was that one? Yeah, yeah that, that one's it. <laughs> oh, it's because, like the submarine sound. Yeah. Because I if I one. put Sonny and Cher's song in, I'm really. like, oh, this is nice. And I'm going to just curl back up in a ball and go sleep for longer. So it has to be something obnoxiously loud to wake me up. I can't do something too aggressive because like, if I do something too aggressive, I'll be urged to hit the snooze button. So just... I've got to do something slightly less aggressive so that I, I'm like, oh, I got to look at my phone and then click off and get up. Because otherwise I'll be like, oh, my God, like, what the fuck? I don't want this in my life. And I'll, like, snooze it. No, the startling See, factor of it wakes me up. I don't know if Jake oh, can do this okay. Yeah, way. I need something Jake? aggressive because otherwise I will, in my sleep, hit the off button, not even the snooze button. And then my alarm just never goes off again and I don't wake up. <laughs> Yeah. That's, That's why you set guess. 15 alarms with different loud noises. So, you know, one of the 15 is going to wake you up at some Man, point. I will sleep through anything. I, <laughs> you I have really to. do. <laughs> you really do. I had this conversation with my girlfriend because, like, I wake up to her alarms all the time. I'm like, you need to learn to wake up with, like, less than three alarms so, so that we're not just, like, constantly waking up. And I'm like, and then I'm always like, is that the last one? Should I get her up if she's not waking up? I've been on the reverse end of that conversation. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, mine's like stages. So, like, the first alarm, this has nothing to do with the movie. Stages of getting out of bed. No, it's fine. Let's just go for it. So, the first alarm gets off, I turn on my light. And then I hit Mm -hmm. snooze and I fall back to sleep. So, now at least the light's on, so I'm not going to fall back to sleep completely. Oh, the light's my final stage. The the next alarm goes off and I I kick off my sheet. So I was like, now I'm going to get cold at some point, And for whatever reason, I got to get up and shower. And then the third alarm is like, all right, get your ass up, go brush your teeth and get in the shower. And then I have an alarm for when I'm in the shower because I may or may not have fallen asleep while taking a shower just with my head against the wall. So <laughs> I need an alarm. How many times does that happen? <laughs> Too many how times. Many times? To count. Wait, how many times? Wait, do you fall asleep in the shower? Yeah, I'm I'm not a morning person. How many times has that happened before you had to get up at like three thirty for work? Never. I was okay, I used to be okay, an, I used to be a one alarm person. Like one alarm's up and I'm gone. I'm good. I'm up. But then it's like now it's like I got seventeen. I don't need to be up as early as I am, but I know if I set it later, I'm just gonna sleep through and then I'm rushed and I don't like being rushed. So I'd rather just be half asleep all morning long. That was a that was a like that was like a surprisingly deep uh, conversation on alarms. Um, Mason, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, this is a surprisingly deep movie, so we're just gonna. Keep no, it's, it is. It is. We can, we can keep going off this. Mason, what would be like your next draft pick here? Um, being able to be Bill Murray, being a likable dick would be just. An incredible mm. talent to have. Mm. I don't think that's the moral of the story. Maybe. It's not, but like, you're cheering for a guy who sucks. And I was like thinking about it. I was like, there's not many people, even like actors today. I couldn't think of many actors today that you'd be like, you know what? You suck, but I'm kind of a fan of you. And I thought of two. I thought of Chris Ooh. Evans from Knives Out. Ooh. The moment he comes on screen, I was like, I'm all for you. I don't care if you murdered someone or not. You're innocent. And then Ryan Reynolds is also the other person where I was like, you know what? You're a likable dick, and I agree with you. And I was like, Ryan Reynolds, if they did a remake of Groundhog's Day, the only person who could fit in is Ryan Reynolds. He's the only person that could be... You feel like Ryan Reynolds is the only person that could do this. I, I yeah. feel like... I feel like... I, I get annoyed with like how meta Ryan Reynolds makes things now. Like I feel like every role he wants to make Deadpool... Like, I feel like he, he learned how to do the Deadpool thing, and then every role is just like, oh, I'm going to do Deadpool in this. 
and um, I'd worry it would be too much like that. I mean, Chris Evans is a good call. I'm trying to think of like who else could like. Michael Shannon from all who who is who makes in a, this movie makes a cameo in this movie. <laughs> we haven't talked about like Michael Shannon is like in this movie and then also in Knives Out. I, but I I don't know if he could like headline a movie like like Kristen Wiig could. That would that would I, actually I could see Kristen Wiig. Great call! Yeah. Oh my god! Like gender reversal, but also make her just like a dick and Jake. She, any other? Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just she's just great and I love her and everything and she kind of already does it in Bridesmaids. Yeah. Where she kind of sucks throughout all yeah. of Bridesmaids and you're like, all right, yeah, no, I could you but you feel for her. Is it your turn, Jake? Who's yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm sorry, I've made this go off the rails like eight times. I no, I love it. I love it. This has been so fun. <laughs> all right, you know, I I feel bad for bringing it back to this, but this thought actually did cross my mind watching this movie a few times. I mm-hmm. honestly was very impressed with how quickly he got out of bed on the first alarm. <laughs> <laughs> it really was impressive. He just hops out of bed, goes, washes his face, and he's ready to go. I feel like this, this is a time this before is... you could do multiple alarms. I feel like that's the only Yeah, answer. you're right. <laughs> this is 100% not where I thought the podcast was going. Oh, I knew also... it. <laughs> now you got me stuck on that. I can't get past it. But also, yeah, I feel like I feel like you couldn't like you couldn't set multiple alarms. I know you could if if an alarm went off on a on a machine. There, there's there's like a specific reason that the, that snooze is nine minutes is because it somehow yeah. worked with the analog clock. There's like a gear that they could put <clears throat> in such that snooze last like it was the oh width really of the yeah like like the reason snooze is always nine minutes is because it had to do with analog clocks or something oh, along those lines. I thought but, I read somewhere that it was because it takes like 10 minutes for you to like fully fall back to sleep. Like maybe, to where your brain is actually like ready to be asleep. But maybe, that makes way maybe, more sense. Maybe you're right. Welcome to so. the show. We're going to talk about one clock. <laughs> this is the new <laughs> clock podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bring it back to that. Oh, oh my God. Bring it back three more times. Um, I've got a question for you guys. If we're assuming that he lived through this time loop for ten years, okay, mm-hmm. how many days do you think he showed up to work? That's a good question. That's a really good question. That's like I go for like the first year he goes consistently, and then he's like, "Screw it," and then he's done after that. I doubt it was that long. I, I doubt it was a see, lot quicker. If okay, like if you were stuck in a time loop for like seven days in a row on like this on like the like on like the fifth day, I'd stop going. I would go on yeah. the first day. The moment I realize I'm in a loop, I'm not going to work. Ever totally. Again. But I'm the first day away. you don't realize. True. The, uh, you know, true. Maybe, maybe I would be scared of getting in trouble at work and I'd go for at least until what should be Friday. And then I'd be like, you know what? I've done this enough. I'm, this is Saturday. I don't care what day it really is. It's Saturday. I'm not going to work. I feel like part of it was he was falling in love with Andy McDowell. And so he wanted yeah. to impress her. And then... And then to like build a relationship with her, the best way to start that is by going to work with her in the morning. Was he right off the bat though? Nah, no, not right off, to, no, 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 not right off the bat. A little while. But but you have to think like the first. Okay, so I think there was a lot longer that he was like in love with Andy McDowell because when he yeah. started falling in love with her, that's when he started to play the piano, and that's when like he 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 finishes the movie like learning jazz piano so you have to assume that there was a lot of time in the end of the movie 
where he was stuck in the time loop and we see more of the beginning of his time loop experiences. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you're right. I think probably the first few days he would go to work and then after realizing that no matter what he does, he's going to end up back where he started. He probably stops going to work and starts, you know, stealing money from that random dude with his back turned and, you know, doing all these horrible things. And then probably doesn't start going back to work again until he finally comes to the conclusion that he wants to improve himself and be a better person. Except maybe those few random times when he went to work just to, yeah, take, um, take, take her out for lunch or brunch or whatever and talk to her about what was going on. Or that so we one think random we went girl. To... Yeah, or that one <laughs> random girl who that he then wanted to approach at the festival the next day. All right, <laughs> so we think he went to work like maybe 2% of the time. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would like to think the second half of the 10 years, if we're going with 10 years, he's going more consistently than the first half. So, so you think it's more like more like... 35%. 40, 35%? Okay. 35%. Wow. I do. I think the moment he tries to better himself, starts bettering himself, which it, okay. I would go which like. Which took a long time. Yeah. About six years. He's about That's about 60% of the time. And then from there on out, he's a good dude or trying to be a good dude. I'm going to go like he went like he went like 15 to 20% of the time. Like I think, I think. I think there was some like like if you could go to work one in six days, I think you'd be somewhat entertained by it. But I think for him, it's like he's he's really sick of the same thing, and so I think he's just going occasionally, but but um, not that often. Um, is it is it my turn? I mean, Bill Murray, I guess. I don't know if that's like too general of a pick. Um, I mean, he's he's. He's awesome in this movie. Like like I mean I'm I I mean like you said Mason like he it's kind of his his first time in like a dramedy kind of a thing where he's like <clears throat> he's got depth to his character but he's definitely got a dark side and I think that this this sort of character came to define like the rest of his career kind of where he, he he's he he's not just like a comedian to me he kind of also has this lifestyle that's that's so um mysterious like i've heard so many stories of him just like showing up at college parties and just like living life you know what i mean and i feel like that's so embodied (laughs) in this movie that he's just sort of carried that through with him yeah yeah i heard that i heard he doesn't have an agent so like no one can get a hold of him which is a super weird thing. <laughs> That's wild. Like, who doesn't? That's crazy. Like, he's the biggest comedian since, like, the 80s. How do you not have an agent? I read somewhere that, like, he, he was in, like, a taxi cab one time. And and this, like, um, cab driver was complaining that he, like, has to drive the cab all day to pay for his family and, 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 and stuff. So he's no time to practice the saxophone, which is his true passion. And Pelmer oh, is, like, pull over the cab. And and the guy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, pull over the cab, I'll drive. I want to hear you practice the saxophone. And so he like he like pulls over the cab, and like the cab driver sits in the back seat and is just like playing sax for Bill Murray while like Bill Murray drives himself home. That's awesome. <laughs> That's badass. <laughs> and then he probably gave him a fat tip and was like, hey, thanks for playing the I saxophone so. for me because <laughs> take a day off and practice. Bill Murray seems like that kind of guy that would just do that. I've heard so many stories about him just being like a crazy cool guy that just like lives totally in the moment. And I think that's so embodied in like his character here, just like living like there's no tomorrow. 
Yeah. I any other just oh, fuck. I, I don't the know if Grand, we could go the, around and the it. Groundhog Festival. Just being able to be around a thousand people for some stupid reason like a groundhog festival, I just want back. I wanted to draft that. Yeah, any reason to have a festival. And then my not? question was, if you guys had a festival, what festival holiday would you choose? I might have to think about that one for a second. Yeah, Do you have something on, yeah, on Yeah, if you have something in mind, go for it. Fourth of July. So, like, Ooh. I'm absurdly patriotic for, like, no apparent reason besides my family was, like, this is our second Christmas. And um, I just, <laughs> I've just adopted it in my life. And just being able to yeah. just be around a bunch of people wearing American flag stuff for no other reasons besides it's July 4th and just watching fireworks go off at the end of the day. I could live that day forever because, like, you're drinking all day. You're eating whatever you want. Just It's a great day. <laughs> just a great day. You're not cold. It's the middle of summer. It, it's it's sunny. This is a good call. It's sunny all if, day If you're going to live one day, if you're going to live one day, you don't want it to be in the winter. No. February 2nd sucks. Like, it's cold. The days are short. It's dark by like five, and you're like, "All right." But you can get really good at ice sculpting. All right, I'd rather yeah, get Mason, good at golf in the middle of July. Fourth of July. <laughs> I don't care. Mason, you're not going to be able to ice sculpt. You know what? I feel like that's something I, it's a real I, I wasn't going to be able to do, even if you gave me ten years to figure out how to ice sculpt. It's not happening. <laughs> five of those ten years is just you slipping. With I'm just going to be SpongeBob and Squidward, and I'm just going to take a hammer to a piece of a block of ice and just hit it one time and. Michelangelo is going to pop up. <laughs> it's going to be perfect. <laughs> I hope so. Way to do it. So if I was if I was stuck in one day, and you're slightly making me rethink this, but if I was stuck in one day, I think it would be New Year's Eve. Because just because I think that's Ooh. I think that's such a fun day to relive. I love I love that like everyone's partying. It's a universal holiday. Everyone's like it's positive vibes. But the problem is it is like height of winter. That's yeah. true. So, so like, I hate being cold. Jake also <laughs> hates being cold. I do. So yeah, like, there's that as a I'm I'm steering towards summer. So like maybe Memorial Day weekend because everyone's happy around Memorial Day. Like it's the start of summer. You're not doing anything. You're having a barbecue for no reason. I feel like that's also a great weekend to just relive over and over again. But like New Year's is such a party. It's like such a part. Like everyone's like intensely partying like there's no tomorrow and you can wake up every morning like there's like like there's no hangover see that's my fourth of july so that's part of the reason okay. i picked fourth of july that's fair yeah that's very fair i don't that's a fair point. i don't know how often i've gone to new year's where i woke up the next day and was like wow i wish i would have not drank that much my new year's are normally pretty wow. tame like i'm pretty sure this year i was sitting on my couch watching zoom with on a zoom call with jake and we're like all right, it's midnight. Cool. I'm going to bed. See you later. Because <laughs> we're old. And I was just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm tired. Yeah. Oh, I get trashed every New Year's. Um, Jake, any 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 thoughts on uh, what day you'd want to get stuck in a time loop on? So I don't know exactly which date, but sticking on the theme of, of the food and drink uh, theme that we've got going on here. A festival that I would would be interested in reliving is Oktoberfest. I'm a, oh, that's a good call. That's a really I'm a big good call. fan of craft beer, so that'd be a pretty sweet thing to be able to go around. You could taste every single beer, and you you could just come back the next day and have a few more. I think um, the one key is like if you're stuck in a time loop, you want to get stuck in the time loop in the biggest city you can be in ooh, because yeah. you have the most people you can interact with. You don't want to be in Puxatawney. You don't want to be in Palm Springs. You want to be in like the biggest city you can 
That's a good point. Oktoberfest um, is a big deal. There's a lot of people. Yeah, and people travel from all over the world. You could meet some very interesting people in Oktoberfest. They should totally. Yeah, you don't, I don't want to be stuck in day, the same diner. I, I assume the either the first day or the last day of Oktoberfest is the coolest, but probably one of those two. I don't know. I've never been. It, it would be. I'd so, love to go, but we are drinking Margs. I, I I forgot to like comment on this earlier. Um, the idea with Margs is that you're drinking them like there's no tomorrow. What, what was the thinking with this again? There was something about like no tomorrow uh, so like, involved in margarita drinking. So this was all me. And um, okay. no offense, Jake. I'll just steal it from you. But uh, <clears throat> go for it. It was I rec- remembered freshman year of college. And it's like, what horrible decisions drinking did I make? It was Fireball and Four Loco. And you would always want, you oh, don't want to relieve those so, days, but like you would have to keep reliving them. So I was like, that's so relatable. It is. And I was like, but we're not going to take shots of fireball. Cause one, it's Monday night. And two, I'm not going to 7-Eleven <laughs> to buy a four loco. So this is not happening. So I was like, let's do tequila <laughs> and margaritas because one, everyone loves a margarita and tequilas also has horrible stories behind it. So that was the logic. It's a good point. Yeah. Any any thoughts on uh, days you don't want to relive or alcohols you don't want to ever have to go back to? Oh uh, well, I mean, I I uh, I partied with Mason <laughs> freshman year of college. So. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, Fireball and Four Logos are not nice. I don't know anyone who's like, you know what? These are my drinks of choice. Like once you're past like nineteen, yeah. you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with these. Yeah, Four Logos <laughs> aren't applicable once you're actually old enough to legally drink. I've got another story that like might be too long for the podcast, but I will tell you guys. So um, <laughs> I had a freshman year roommate that like, um, like we we had we were like two people in a triple room. And so our room was just like the party room in the dorm because like we had a couch set up in it because we had like so much extra space that people could just like congregate and drink and hang out. But, um, but so I was hanging out with my friends and then he was playing beer pong with his friends and then we had this little like window that opened onto this part of the roof that we called the balcony but it was really just like a part of the roof that like we put chairs out on and they just were <laughs> chill like, with you going out there like you never got no no no. they but like but there was a little like half wall around it such that when you okay. sat down people couldn't see you such, such like, like as long as you kind of climbed out and and stayed sort of low people couldn't see that you were out on the roof so it was all chill but um so the RA was complaining because he was playing music and then like the campus security came in and and then so he climbs out like onto the roof and, oh and, 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 and then they're like, have you guys been drinking? And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, what's this? I'm like, Oh, I didn't. I didn't see what they were doing. He's like, you didn't see that they were playing beer pong in the same room as you. I was like, no. And he's like, what's this? And find some four loco on the floor. I'm like, oh, I don't know. You can have it if you want. He's like, no, I'm, it's not really my style. I was like, oh shit, I'm totally like fucking this up. And then it was like so bad under pressure. And then, and then, and then Max, my roommate, decides like he's like, fuck it, I've had enough. And so he like jumps from the second story onto the first. He, like decides to jump off the roof because he's like, what if they find me out here? And then they're oh like, God. what was that thud outside? It's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> that is. I mean, but I, I, I didn't get in trouble because I just like straight up denied everything. It's hilarious. So my roommate was a foreign exchange student from London. Okay. So like he was twenty one. So he was the reason we'd just go to 7-Eleven and he'd just buy us a bunch of alcohol. Perfect. And we got written up by the RAs. 
and I had to go talk to like the um, dorm like advisor or whatever. I hate those meetings where they're like, yeah. now, now, are you gonna like not drink alcohol again because it's bad for you? And you're like, yes. So like, he did that. He sent me to a class, and then I had to write a pa- a page long thing, and like I kept saying like, hey, it's not. Same. It wasn't. It wasn't mine. Like the dude's twenty one. He's legally allowed to have alcohol in there. And the guy's like, yeah, I don't buy it. So I wrote a page long thing about how my mom's gonna be so disappointed with me. And, like, I just ashamed her and, like, this is going to be awful. And the guy pulls me aside when we go to dinner that night. He goes, that was the biggest <laughs> bunch of BS I've ever read in my life. I said, you didn't tell me it had to be true. You just said I had to write a page-long thing about how I regret my decisions. And he just looked at me and goes, are you drinking tonight? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> it was so bad. That's so bad. Um, it was, but, like, I wasn't. It was just me being like, you know, I'm gonna drink again. You're a bunch of 19 year olds in college, like first taste of freedom without parents. Of course, we're gonna drink again, especially when my roommate's 21. <laughs> so we literally just moved everything to his side of the room. So anytime anyone would knock on the door, we just open it, and they're like, "Why is there open bottles?" And he'd be like, oh, "I'm 21." And then he's British, so no one ever questioned him because everyone assumes <laughs> British people are <laughs> are being honest. That's hilarious. and we just cause we. We had the party room too, but it was like a two by two box and like we had 15 people in there at one time. So like, yeah, it was bad. That was, that's my highlight of my college stories is I wrote that paper. I didn't realize like all the RAs like made people write like bullshit page page long essays. Like, do they really believe that? That was something they they, they, did. That was something they did for us too. Like, what the hell was that? That's like, what do you expect? Yeah. Yeah, Seriously. as long as the kid's not getting a stomach pumped, who cares? Like, let him go. Like, it's there's that's that's hilarious. And it's just like our RA. It was like the the adult that ran it. Our RA was our friend, and like he walked into our room, and there's just a thirty rack sitting on the floor opened up, and he's like, "Hey, just slide that under the bed, and I'm gonna leave and come back, and it better be gone." So he would leave, and we just put it in a cup, and then we'd come back, and he's sitting down and start playing video games with us, and have no problems with it. So like our RA That's was hilarious. cool, but like the advisor for the the building was like overly strict about dumb things, which I don't. Yeah, totally. It was ridiculous. I never actually got written up freshman year. I came close once. That's... Ironically, I was helping someone with their math homework. So <laughs> <laughs> they knock on the door to see why there's like ten people in this little room for some I know, reason. And then they see like night. alcohol in the corner, and they're like, "Fucking everyone's been drinking." I it's, it was well, such bullshit. I'm, I'm, I'm so pretty glad sure I'm everyone not. in there was drinking, but okay, it well, wasn't like we were partying. We like half of us were seriously doing homework, and uh, I was helping somebody with their math homework, and so they knocked the door, and I was up on the top bunk, and I just like rolled over up against the wall <laughs> so that I couldn't be seen from the door. <laughs> I know what room you're talking about. And they couldn't come in. So the bed <laughs> hit in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, and this, this one other girl, one other girl at the same time as I do that, she like jumps and hides behind the door. So there's like two of us hiding and the rest of the people are just like sitting there doing their homework or whatever. They all get written up. They even spot the girl hiding behind the door. <laughs> but nobody told them that I was up there hiding on the top bunk because I was literally in there because they asked me to come and help them with their math homework. So I think they felt bad to tell them I was up there. That's really So I funny. dodged it. Lucky. One time. You're super lucky. It's the closest I can. Um, so Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. I, I've got another option to throw out for you for, like, potential lead in, like, a Groundhog Day reboot. 
Let's hear it. Serious Adam Sandler. Ooh. Not like not like not like funny Adam Sandler. Like uncut but like, gems Adam Sandler. <laughs> like not quite like not quite like with that intensity, but like yeah. Like like it couldn't it couldn't be like he couldn't play it like like yabba dabba do, but like he, he he'd have to do he'd have to do it with like Yeah, he'd have to play it straight, but wedding like playing singer, it straight Adam Sandler. Half wedding singer, half uncut gems. Yeah. That's where all yeah, right. totally. I get it. That's a good or one. Well like I can see that. Fifty first dates Adam Sandler. That, How about that? That's a movie you need to do. That's the, that's a great that's movie. That's a great movie. That's a great movie. That, that's a great that's also movie. like a Groundhog's Day, except <laughs> totally. Er, no, that's that's got Groundhog Day elements. Oh, for sure. Except amnesia, which would suck. But what? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the re, it's kind of it's kind of the reverse of Groundhog Day because like because like our main character is not in the time loop. They literally Spawn answer the question the of that's it, true. We, it literally answers the questions to their lives continue on, and the answer is yes. That's the what, answer is yes. We need to write something about that. How Fifty First Dates is the extension of what everyone wants to know about Groundhog's Day. At the end of this podcast, or at least by like our podcast on Wednesday, um, I want to see like a page from each of you about like why you regret drinking <laughs> underage and why Fifty First Dates is um, a continuation of Groundhog Day. Don't test me. I will sit down Wednesday before the podcast and I will write you this. And Jake knows I'm 100% accurate being real. And it will be the most BS thing you've ever read in your life. But you'll just sit there like... And like about how like you're you're letting your mom down. I'm not letting her down. That was just for the guy to make her <laughs> pretend like I, know, I, I care. I just want to hear it. I just want to hear it. Well, just well knowing, it. knowing I'm probably going to send this to my mom and be like, Hey, um, mom, I didn't let you down. I know you love me and appreciate me. So I just want you to know that. <laughs> She's totally gonna listen to this, cause she was like, "Wish me luck before we got on," cause I had a pep talk from my mom. So, oh, <laughs> hey, she's. I'm so glad. She's a great lady. Jake can attend. Yeah, she seems like a great lady. She, I'm I, really excited to meet her someday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm. Any gonna, um, I'll write it for yeah, you. Yeah, sorry. And then we'll. I'll send it to you. Great. and You can put it on your Instagram, and everyone can read my wonderful thoughts. I'll get it to you by the first, so you can have the whole writing. <laughs> You think I'm kidding? I'll sit down on a weekend. And I'll write the whole thing. Jake knows. Oh god. Jake knows I'm. Now I'm concerned. <laughs> this is my dedication to podcasting and being a sincere. I appreciate human. your dedication. I sincerely, <laughs> sincerely appreciate it. Uh-oh. Any um okay so any any like final, like wrap up thoughts on Groundhog Day that like we haven't really we haven't really brought up here. From either of you. Harold Ramis and um, Bill Murray didn't talk for like 20 years after making this movie. Yeah. Which. That's true. Okay. Um, apparently, Bill Murray was also an asshole in real life during the filming of this, and he was just a pain to deal with, and then they just didn't talk prior to that. And then right huh. right before Harold Ramis died, or a couple years before, they like reconnected. But yeah. So Harold Ramis, like, like, used to send the screenwriter to like talk to Bill Murray about things because he didn't want to have to like handle it himself so that sort of caused a rift and then like like I think you're saying like just the um the the trauma of filming like the same scenes over and over again like really got to him him going through an actual divorce was a big part of it yeah like yeah he was having a rough time that is really interesting that is a really interesting 
thing. Like, obviously, you you hear about that with like filming whenever somebody plays the Joker, for example. Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. kind of psychological toll that playing a certain role would take on an actor, which that obviously makes a lot of sense. But that's kind of an interesting thing you don't really think about with a movie like Groundhog Day, where it's just like, I mean, it's just essentially the whole movie is just regular everyday life. But it is kind of interesting the psychological toll of uh, obviously the actors were going through the same you know mundane repetition that the character was in the movie um i usually wrap it up by having my guests say a quote that they love from a movie in character it can be this movie it can be another movie um have have either of you thought of your quote do you do you want to give it some thought i can i can cut out thinking time if you want to think it over for a second i mean i just got a quote that just sums up my life is jake if you just want me to go i'll just i'm ready all right i'll I'll get my my throat ready I may not be a smart man, but I know what love is. <laughs> Forrest Gump is my favorite movie of all time, and I will can quote it in the Forrest Gump voice all day long. And I, it's just my quote of my life. Thank you for that, Mason. You're welcome, Jake. Any uh, <laughs> oh boy, any way you can top that, Jake? Yeah. Do TV shows count? I will admit, I I don't watch a ton of movies. I watch a lot more TV no, you, shows. No, you can do a TV show. I'll let it. I'll let it. I'll let it happen. Screaming no! no I'm not gonna do that one. If I was gonna pick any Michael Scott quote, oh, there's a lot of them. Got it. This is one of the most laughable. My favorite ones. So imagine me standing up on a desk. <laughs> Okay. In, a, in an office setting. Okay. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> oh my I God. love that scene. I love that oh. scene so much. Well, guys, this has been a hot mess of an episode. Uh, it's been oh it's been a joy for me. I hope it's been fun for you guys too. You get oh, to do it again been. on Wednesday. Are you excited? Can't wait to have it. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. My goal is to be more hammered. Um. Just wait, because we have a couple other guys <laughs> who are just even more off the rails than we are, and it's just going to be... As long as I don't have to edit it, I'm so excited. See, that's what me, me and Jake were saying. We're like, God, we've got a lot to do this week. And then we're like, wait, we really only have to edit one thing? We're just going to watch three movies? Like, ah, that's no complaints. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it was great chatting with you guys. God, I'm in my own Groundhog's Day. It was, yeah. Thanks for yeah, having me. thank you. Course. Thank you to my patrons, Zach, Isaac, Griffin, Stephen, and Sydney. I will see you guys all next week for About Time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.